Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to uh, Follow-Up Friday. It is August 24th, and uh, we have a lot, a lot, a lot of Ravens. Yeah, it's a big, this is a big one. It is known to us, at least. It is, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate more of the Westeros. Well, I hope it's known. Yeah, it is known. <laughs> it <laughs> is <try> known. It. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, always, always trying to, always trying to up our, our game. And uh, speaking of games, man, people in the group, we hit that, we hit our twenty five patron goal, and now we got to come up with a drinking game. I know seven hells. I know, seriously, it's ridiculous. I was like, I was like, on Patreon, on the goals, it does say we will come up with a game. Yeah, and I know. People like Rasheed <laughs> and Adam Parker and some of these other people in the group are just like, hey, so like. When we playing, like we're we should play at this time so everyone can play. And that's, right, that's a cool idea. And like they're yeah. like, what's the what's the rules? I'm like. Uh, <laughs> like, like it was like, hey, we need to like figure that out. Like, yes. So we're working on it. It um, sounds like we're all just gonna get to be completely honest. To be honest, I never even thought we'd ever hit it. So like the fact that we is, is like, crazy to me. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and just looking in general, looking at the numbers, yeah. we've like, we've had a huge number jump in terms of like downloads and stuff like that. So. Obviously, it seems like we have a lot of new people here. Yeah, um, and so, so welcome. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're new, you've been listening. Uh, obviously, we can, you know, as Sir Matt said, from the numbers, we can kind of tell we do have more listeners than we ever had before. So kind of yeah. exciting. So, it is, yeah. And so uh, real quick, I just want to say um, a lot of people, uh, just because we always get new people and they want to, they ask um, best place to reach us. You can, um, if you want to submit a Raven, you can do it on Instagram, you can do it on Facebook, or you can send us an email. Yep, send us that email at uh, btkcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that is probably the easiest way yeah. um, to get it. If you send us, if you send me something on Facebook, I can kind of resp- I'll respond to it. Um, but just uh, organizationally speaking, for us, I think yeah. Gmail is starting to become the That's easiest. That's the best for, way because then we have, we have folders and we can see which ones we've done before and right that right. way. Because sometimes we look at them and we're like, did we do this one? And we, I would I would hate I, I would hate to. Yeah, you, you hate I would, to miss I one. I would hate to miss one. Be like, I think we I did mean, that. Because sometimes we get similar questions. And, right, yeah. Right. So. I mean, it is a lot of dark words and a lot of dark wings. It is. You know? Yeah, but no, like, so, yeah, any of, any of those ways is fine. Uh, for those of you who have been submitting on Facebook, and yeah, keep doing it. Absolutely. We'll it's get- awesome. I mean, it's 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 actually been really neat. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to super organize uh, all of that. The origin stories that people are sending in, I've been uh, throwing those, into, those the, yeah, awesome. into the main show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep sending those in. Those are a lot of fun to kind of see how people got into. Yeah, um, and we'll do some. We'll do some here yeah. too on Follow Up Friday. So, yep. And uh, we have a lot of things planned. We've been doing a lot of um, organizing of things. We have some plans as we start to gear up to Fire and Blood, and yes, we do. Season eight of the show. Where uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. We're thinking of doing a rewatch. Um, and then we realized we could not do an episode a week because there's 67 episodes, <laughs> and that would be over a year, and we'd miss it. So, um, just tentatively, we're kind of thinking of doing a rewatch and just maybe like five to ten minute videos. We may actually do those just on YouTube and yeah. release them like once a weekday or something. Right. Um, just that way we can have that kind of done and stuff like that too. So yeah, maybe yeah. mini episodes or something. So. Yeah, you really got a lot to. I mean, because in the next year, there's just so much that's happening. I know, um, Fire and Blood, yeah. season season eight, possibly Winds of Winter. It's happening. Yeah, I do think Winds is coming next year. It, and it's then, happening, and then we will be so. And then the prequel, and then man, it's a lot. So it's great. Yeah, so it's where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, all right. Uh, all right. Well, uh, trivia. Yep. Last week's trivia question was, who knights Gendry? Yep. Sir Ezra, who, who knights Gendry? Beric Dundarian. Yeah. Our good friend. Yeah. Beric Dundarian. And, uh, uh, takes a knight to, uh, you to know, make to, to make a knight. Yeah. So, yeah. Beric's, Beric's a boss. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And the winner was uh, Ty Strader. Once again, he's coming back. You know, he's always in the fold. He's always oh yeah, kind of hanging out in there. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Good to see him back up there on the. On the top, yeah. So yeah, we get the leader. We're going. Uh, Lady uh, Lauren had um, messaged me, and uh, she had been kind of saying, "You guys should do a. Uh, we, maybe we should get that trial by trivia going, like a live trial by trivia going at, yeah. at, at some point in the future." So yeah, we're gonna start uh, working on that, and, and we were coming up with some ideas and formats of, of a way of a way to do that. Yeah, tricky. It's tricky, but we're excited about possibly pulling that off in the near future. Yeah. So, so maybe maybe some kind of live Google Hangout event or something we're 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 working on that. So. Right. All right. Well, uh, I got a cool comment. I always love to read positive reviews. Yeah. Um just great. We, fortunately, we don't really get that many negative reviews. So <laughs> yeah. I don't we don't Fortunately. <laughs> we, we had we had that, God's we, be good. we did have that one that one crow a couple weeks ago. We so. had it. Yeah. Sure we did. But uh fortunately, so this one is from uh Lady Sydney. I'm calling her. I'm gonna call her Lady Sydney of of the Steel City. Yeah. So, uh, hey guys, my name is Sydney, and I'm from Pittsburgh. And I just recently came across your podcast, and I love it. I just read the books for the first time, and finished them at the beginning of the summer. And I went uh, into sort of a book coma when I was done. So I watched the show. Yet I still wasn't ready to let go of Game of Thrones, and that's how I stumbled across your podcast. So I just wanted to give a shout-out and say, hey, I really love listening to you guys, and thanks for giving me something that fills the void in me when I'm missing Game of Thrones. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, again, we Lady had a lot Sydney. Of, Lady Sydney. We got, a new, we got a lot of new listeners, and it's always great. Um, and, yeah, so for just because we have so many new people, yeah. um, I guess we are kind of book-heavy we are, but we look yeah. at the whole thing. Oh, we definitely do. I mean, it's, it's the spectrum. Well, and right now, it's I, I've never seen something that's more unique than than uh, what we have with the HBO show, though. You right. know, something that has gone beyond the books. The books, absolutely. Like that to me, I, I like. I think you remember uh, a couple, whenever that was, which I forget which season that was, where, where we were at, and I was uh, watching it with you, and I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. Right. Well, like and, I was so right. shocked. Well, like when they went back and they did like the. Balin Greyjoy dying. It was like okay, they're, maybe they're gonna fill in some of this other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Oh, still <laughs> plowing, still yeah. plowing forward. You know, but uh, yeah. So, so, so yeah. yeah. So we, we are book uh, uh, heavy, but we do look at uh, you know show and, and everything. Histories, we got the histories. Duncan Egg. Uh, yeah. So when Fireblood comes out, so the 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 whole kind of, the whole kind of thing. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and head on over to our first Raven. Man, I am excited. For some of these ravens um, today. Is this a? So this is actually. Uh, I, I got it. I I I, I see it here. You got um, it? I'll go ahead and read it. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. From Tanner Lawless. Yeah. I believe this 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 is the guy who uh, he left a, a podcast review we read a while back and mm-hmm. says uh, this is what keeps his his cubicle. Yeah. Keeps, yeah, it keeps him going in his cubicle. <laughs> hey, I, I I pretty much work in a cubicle too, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You need those podcasts. Yep. Uh, shouldn't Jamie and Barristan know why the Kingsguard was at the Tower of Joy? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Can you just read that one more time? Shouldn't Jamie Lannister and Barristan Selmy know why the Kingsguard was at the Tower of Joy? Now, just just so everyone remember, so th- they're still alive. Yeah. 
You know, there's still a t- uh, like a, a story to be told there. So th- this was, I mean, really impressive, and I'd never ever thought of this. Never have when you had, yeah. when you had said that to me when we were we were like getting our notes set up in, right. in the dock beforehand, and we're like, do we need to look anything up real quick before we go? And you're like, oh, here's one. And shouldn't and you said that, and you're, I was like. Uh, uh, what? Yeah, uh, actually, like, oh my god, like, just like, yes, totally clicked in my mind. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, I think this is from him, and also it's like a Reddit. He found he found he, this he found, on, it, he found uh, it on Reddit. Um, yeah, and just wanted to get our thoughts. Yeah, on so it. kind of a yeah, combination here. And then we read like the Reddit post and looked at that. Mm-hmm. So there are no secrets amongst the Kingsguard. Therefore, Jamie and Barristan Selmy should know why Gerald Hightower, Oswald Went, and Arthur Dane were in Dorne at the Tower of Joy. Right. We hear about the exchange between Jamie and Rhaegar, in which Rhaegar says that Jamie must remain in King's Landing under the wishes of Ares, Targaryen, the Mad King, second, um, and as a hostage of short, sorts. Rhaegar says things will change when he comes back. He then leaves for the Trident and, and takes Lewin Martell and Barristan Selmy. The White Bull, the Sword of the Morning, and Oswald Went are not there. Was there ever the conversation? Where's the Lord Commander and Arthur Dane? Arthur Dane was, after all, uh, Jamie's role model. I don't recall Jamie ever uh, consciously acknowledging the fact that Ned killed Arthur Dane, but I would go as far to say that this is why Jamie had all of Ned Stark's men killed on the street in King's Landing. Okay. Uh, very interesting thoughts. And I, I was reading uh, in, in some of the Reddit thread there just different various comments and things, and people were making a lot of really just a lot of good speculation. You know, as to, first of all, Rhaegar kind of disappears, right? He and Lyanna, you know, are just, where are they? Where Mm -hmm. do they go? Where where do they travel to? Uh, Does Ares send out the Kingsguard to secure his son and bring him home? Uh, And does he somehow say, I'll go back to King's Landing, you know, but you have to stay here with her and protect her? You know, I mean, is that something that, was that some sort of arrangement? Uh, You know that he's close with uh, Sir Arthur Dane. Right. Good, good friends right. and, and things. So there's something going on uh, there. But um, what could Sir Barristan Selmy tell us? You know, what could Jamie Lannister tell us about these arrangements? You know what I mean? Is, is there's definitely more to this, right? Yeah. Um, so what is it? What, what do they say in the show when, uh, when when Ned shows up there and he was like, he's like, we looked for you on the Trident, <laughs> you know, and uh, he doesn't say we were here. Right. But he says we were, like, away. We were far away, yeah. We were far away. And it's just very cryptic. It's sort of like, why doesn't he say, well, yeah, this is where we were at here the whole time. He doesn't even say that. He just says right. we, we were away. We were, like, about. So where were they? Yeah, we were about, uh, you know, uh, like, a, like a higher business. You know, so, right. something else is going on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But the thing is, is that actually, that, to me... So maybe Jamie doesn't know, or maybe it will be kind of revealed later. But Barristan could know, mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 say something. Well, I mean, it's, it could because also... we do get most of actually. I'm I'm right. I'm in a storm of swords right now. I'm going through Arya and Daenerys's stuff, and uh, Artisan Whitebeard, you know, yep. Barristan Selmy is telling. That's where we get most of what Rhaegar was like as a person. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. from him telling Daenerys. Yeah. So he would have to know. I mean, somebody's got to know. Well, he went with him on, you know, to the Trident. Yeah. So and, uh, and in those comments I was reading, you know, it's not like they weren't saying that 
Barristan Selmy didn't originally go to the tower. Perhaps he was there, right. and and they they had a, a meeting to bring him back, and he traveled back with Rhaegar and left three of the King's Guard there with Lyanna. You know, there there could have been that uh, type of situation going on. So, yeah, very uh, mysterious. You know, the other uh, part that's mentioned here is the idea that Jamie Lannister never really does talk about uh, Ned uh, killing Sir Arthur Dane. Yeah. And it's not something that's really talked a whole lot about. Um, it's, just, it's just it's just shrouded in, in sort of mystery, right? You know, uh, we know that Helen Reed was was you know basically saved. Um, at we don't know that. Yeah, we don't even know that. He, uh, I, I I'm just that, talking I most, from. Yeah, I think most times it's just kind of referred that he beat him in single combat. He beat him. Yeah. 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 He beat him. Yep. Yeah. Not that he killed him. Right. You know, he, he I mean, there even, are some times I think he's referred to he slew him in single combat. But, oh, does it? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it's every time. Yeah. It's just interesting, though, that like Jamie doesn't. I mean, it's not like I, you feel like that would be something that would be waved in front of our faces more, you know? Absolutely. But even it, in it the show, like it is. Right. So. Like even in the show, it's not necessarily so much. And maybe so. it's just because there was it was the way in which he's defeated. Maybe it's this way in which maybe Helen Reed does sneak up behind him and is it is feigning like dead it's in the show. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's really what happens. And so. You know, Eddard's not really like going around boasting that he. If anything, if anything, it says that Ned would have died if it weren't for Helen Reed, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, yep. So I don't know. It's something interesting just to think about, and uh, you know, as as we move forward, hopefully we get some more, um, you know, context from those two, you know, Kingsguard members, former Kingsguard, uh, and and Barristan Selmy. So yeah. you know. Yeah. No, it's great. It's a great. It's a great theory. Great thoughts. I do hope we get more um, about it, and I would love to get a Jamie perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Well, and you were talking earlier before we started the idea that um, what is it that's that's going to take, you know, that that's going to be Jamie Lannister's great deed that's mm-hmm. written down in in the book in the book, you right. know, and it's like. Honestly, history may look may, may look back and like him being the Kingslayer may have been the greatest thing that I mean he could have saved Absolutely. all of King's Landing by by well you know the, the interesting quote, thing I remember, the I remember I think it was an emergency awesome video and he was talking about um, what's it going to be like in season eight because we don't know if the books go this way but so at least the show in season eight we know Jamie is riding north to Winterfell right to meet up so they can go take on the, the okay. Night King yep yep. So what's that? What's that? That first conversation going to be like when Jamie meets up with Bran? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, well, the whole reason I'm, you know, Thread Crow is because you pushed me out a window. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, and then maybe I don't know. Maybe Bran tells him some stuff about history and just yeah. And that's a whole other thing too. Like, does show Bran? No. Has he gone to to see what happened to him? You know, his his own. Does he know what happened to him? Oh, does he know if, that he got pushed out the window? Because he yeah. doesn't really remember. Yeah, right, you're right. right. Yeah, I don't know. So, because uh, right now we know Book Brand is still kind of developing all these different right. things. But in, sh- the show in, in, Brand, the sh- in the show, Brand obviously saw what happened at the Tower of Joy. Yeah. But I don't know. How much has he seen? What, exactly. what is, what is we he don't know? know. You know, and could one be afraid of going back and looking at, at you know, their own life, you know, right. type of thing? It's something, it's one of the, it's like a, a spot in his life that he doesn't want to go back and face or remember mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's still hard for him to kind of think through. So, yeah. 
So yeah. All mm. right. Uh, all right. You want to get this next yeah. one? Yeah. So all right. This is from our good friend uh, Lord Hunter, the foul mouthed here. He sent us a couple. Uh, we're gonna read through these, and and it's good. We've got a mixed batch of sort of like uh, a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms stuff, some Targaryens, dragon eggs, and whatnot here. So uh, good day, Sir Matt and Sir Ezra. Um, he says, so I've been hammering the Targaryen dragon rider content, getting mentally ready for you guys, uh, and noticed that the, that the norm is that an infant Targaryen um, would be a part of the, like hatching a dragon egg. You know, right. they would put that egg in the, in, in, in the cradle, right? My question is, um, does that make what Danny did, hatching three dragon eggs, incredible or no big deal because, you know, all the other Targaryens back through history didn't have a chance to hatch multiple eggs. So is it, you know, is there some sort right. of like... Well, I do think, I do think uh, sometimes it seems like the dragons did... It would be like you'd have a dragon and they would kind of have like, what do they call it? I don't know. It's when they have like a multiple eggs. I can't think of the name Oh, of it. the word for yeah, it. It's yeah, it's like a litter or like a, yeah, you know, it's whatever. a clutch it's or something. Clutch, yeah, yeah, yeah a clutch. Yeah. yeah, and so like you, I think you had some dragons that had a clutch and then they would... Yeah. multiple would kind of hatch but um it was i think i think the real i think the reason is because i think what he's saying that they didn't have a chance to i think it is because they would just give you one one yeah i was gonna say the same i, I don't right. think they had the chance possibly you could have had all three of them hatch in one in one cradle but it's sort right. of like to it was a sign it was a good sign for those yeah. targaryens to have one well you know. we know the egg you know egg on the fifth um did it we well we don't know but we know that he had seven eggs Mm-hmm. At um, summer hall, a summer hall, yeah, 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 yeah. So and well, and then what? Uh, what was the when they're at uh, Butterwell's place, right? Yeah, they're kind of, they're kind of fighting over an egg, you right. know. So yeah, they're definitely still out there. It's uh, so I don't know that it makes it any more significant. I think there just wasn't maybe the opportunity. The significant piece with hers is that they're suppo- supposedly like petrified. You know, I don't know how old they are, where they right. came from. You know. Um, and it's just there's there's a more magical element to it the, the way in which right. they, you know, uh, come. Well, to be a lot of people think that there are drag, there are multi, there's a ton of dragon eggs in Dragonstone. Like that's kind of the thing. That's why mm-hmm. it's called Dragonstone, right? Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So yeah, so okay, yep. Um, okay, so let's see. He kind of uh, continues on here. Um, let's see. When Duncan, okay, so we, now we're going to get into uh, basically the, he's talking about. Um, Oh, the Hedge Knight. Okay, right. so we get into the Hedge Knight just, just just a little bit here. Oh no, I'm sorry. Let me back up first. Um, twofold question here. First, um, how much of it? Uh, let's see. The Raven is obscuring way off topic here. Twofold question. First, how much, if any, do you think the Andal gods of the Seven? I'm not saying that they're right. <laughs> uh, influence the world of ice and fire, and this is why I'm asking. So this then takes us back into um, the Hedge Knight. So when Duncan was racing around trying to find a sixth knight, Prince Baylor rolls in to save the day, and they start discussing strategy. Baylor says he will fight the Kingsguard and keep them busy while they handle the others. The others, I'm sorry. Every time I see yeah, it, I know, I just, yeah. uh, the Laughing Storm says, are you sure? And Prince Baylor says, uh, let the gods judge um, if they don't like it, and they did, basically. Yeah. Um, so this is the rabbit hole here. Um, could the Seven, if they are participating in the World of Ice and Fire, have caused the death of Baylor Breakspear? After the fight, uh, Megor says he doesn't remember hitting him in the head, but just says um, it, had, it had to have been him because the only other people he fought were the Kingsguard. 
could the seven have been upset because they couldn't judge Baylor Breakspear, uh, Baylor Breakspear's, Breakspear's guilt or innocence because he was fighting people that couldn't fight back, so they uh, killed him themselves. And so I'll stop it right there because that uh, you know the gist of that is like he, they, he's she's cheated the system. Yeah, you know Baylor, you know is. And my counter to that is is that they don't they basically I mean it's hmm he could have I guess I guess he's saying you know to Baylor could have picked somebody else besides the Kingsguard right and he could have said like it wouldn't be fair because they you know they can't really strike me but that was you know um Arian's fault yeah that was that that was that was uh Makar's you know fault for picking the Kingsguard you know right. what I mean they didn't see that coming, so they had them well, all picked and, out and first. And initially, um, Darren has throws in a claim, right? Like he throws in a claim mm-hmm. and say, "Well, he," and he lies about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like, lies about he lies about his claim. So you could argue that he later withdraws it, like right before the fight. Right. Yeah. But even still, it's part of it. And so you could say, "Well, the gods, maybe the gods, because of that, had him pick the three kings guard." You know what I mean? I don't know. So. Yeah, I mean, I think you know at the at the, at the bottom line here is that, is that the trial by seven. With with Sir Duncan, uh, the tall, and he is Sir Duncan, by the way. Yeah, he's a knight. All right, he's an edge knight, and uh, it, it he's he is judged in this. Right, and I mean the gods do judge him, and he comes out on top. Yeah, and the gods decide that. Uh, maybe and so the, maybe, maybe the realm needs a hedge knight. Maybe they need a hedge yeah. knight more than need more than they need Baylor. Right, you know what I mean? Uh, and maybe Baylor was trying to play. Uh, the system, although he has that great strategy you were talking about the other day about yeah, using it's, tourney, it's it's, it's super cool. So what happens is, is you know they're getting ready for this, like, and they're all going to joust each other, and um, you know you're riding against Kingsguard, so they're using war lances. And Baylor Breakspear says, you know, these have uh, sharp tipped points. If these hit us, there's going to be a big bloody mess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he says we should use tourney lances, which are a little bit longer, and they say, yeah, like. You know the guys or the other guys on, the, on that team are saying, yeah, but if if they break, um, and he's saying it doesn't matter, they're longer. He's like our best chance is to is to hit them and yeah. unseat them because then right. we have the advantage. Right. Yeah. Basically, and it's yeah. so cool. It's, it's it, it, it is it is really neat. It's just like your lance needs to be true. You know, right. you got to hit your mark. Um, and he says hit him right in the face. Right. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, knock them out. You know what yeah. I mean. And uh, so it's it's cool. He's all about strategy and things. So I don't know. I think I think it's I think he's using just good good sound strategy. I think it was uh, just one of those things where he might have actually got lulled into a, a, a false sense of safety, you know, fighting the Kingsguard, and then his brother comes over, and just in the heat of the moment, I mean, he does he's getting knocked off balance, and then he swings his hammer and hits him in the head, and it just you know right. Um, I mean, Baylor doesn't die right there. He doesn't die until later. Right. His helm is smashed in, and it's actually holding his skull. Well, it's it's when Dunk actually gets unseated. Yeah. Um, because he kind of like, he, you know, he's nervous. He's, he's like, never. <laughs> he's like he's like nervous. He's riding and like yeah. he kind of forgets his things, but it's a little too late. He still hits. Yeah. Um. He's he's still and and, and knocks off. Um, right. But doesn't he get caught in the shoulder or something? Yeah. He he does. He 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 gets he gets caught in the shoulder, and as he's kind of like standing up, it says he just sees somebody get hit across hit a, hit on the side of the head yeah, yeah and you know most people think that that's that's baylor that's get, baylor yeah getting hit yeah so oh boy so anyways I don't, I don't know lord hunter i think it's a good question i mean i think uh perhaps the gods are weighing in the the 
the seven are are more, you know, playing a yeah. role in a sense. Well, that, I think I think they also have another guy on their team die, don't they? Yeah, they Dunk do. Dunk does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who it is, but there's there's a couple. It's a uh, oh god, I can't. It's the guy. I think guy. it's the guy who gets his leg broke. But when he he jousts Aaron Bright Flame earlier, and he cheats, and he like he hits uh, his horse. Yeah, remember he hits his yeah. horse. Yeah. That guy dies, huh? Because he gets his leg broke, and then he rides with. I think it is. I think it's him. Wow. Harway or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, tell the best part, man, the Fossilways. <laughs> oh, the Fossilway cousins, man, are just like the. It's just fantastic. It's some of the best. Ray, it's Stefan Fossilway, who's like the jerk and betrays him, <laughs> yeah. and is a knight, and Raymond is his cousin, right? Right. Is a squire, and then the bad apple, man. Yeah, the bad apple. So he changes his color. He's like, oh, right. He's like. Oh. And the, and the Harry Lloyd, who is Viserys Targaryen, who's reading it, just does a great job in like all these different voices. Yeah, and he's like, oh, "I'll be a ripe apple," like you know what I mean. Right. Like, and it's just like, and it, and that that's the, the the coolest part of the whole thing, which um, Treasure and I were talking about beforehand. Um, we talk about Gendry, right? Only a knight can make a knight. Right. Yeah. Is when is when you have Lionel Brathian, the Laughing Storm, is who he's saying. Yes. There. Yeah. And we talked about last week or yeah, we Monday. Yeah. Um. He, you know, Dunk later he he fights with Dunk, and then yeah. later he, Dunk has to fight him. Yeah. Yep. Um. But uh, it's it's just it's just when uh he's Lionel Brathian's like it's true any knight can make a knight. Like, yeah. Because Raven Foster he gets like he's down on one knee and he's like knight me. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, I know, it's, it's, like, it's the coolest it's thing. Like, uh, it's like they can't find anybody else. They're betrayed by Stefan Fossaway, and so like he only has like four at that point I or know. something. He's like knight me. And he's like knight me. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's just there. Doug's like, Doug's like, I, Doug's like I gotta go find somebody. <laughs> Well, and it's Egg who brings uh, Lionel Brathia to I know. It. It's just crazy. It is such a cool thing. It's so cool. So just, yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't read that, you have to go check it out. So, yeah. all right. Um, let's move on here. Thank you, Lord Hunter. Again, we appreciate it. Uh, we we always get some good correspondence from him. So, uh, Okay, this one, this, yeah. one, uh, this one came in on uh, Instagram. This is a, a new person, I think. The Lost Knight of Norvos. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me read this here. First, I would thank you for the amount of time, effort, and dedication you put into making your podcast. Well, thank you. Yep, appreciate it. Seriously. Um, I uh, decided to give the TV series Game of Thrones a try last year and fell in love with everything to do with the world of Thrones. At the beginning of July, I made the decision to give the books an attempt and uh, and finish the first book in less than a week. I'm currently on the second book. Uh, I think you... It says on the second book, a storm of swords. That's the third book. Maybe that's what he meant, or maybe he's in like second chapter of a storm of swords. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or um, at the time of writing this, I'm at the part where Sam and Gilly have just fought some whites in an abandoned wildling village. In this chapter, Sam has a dream about him returning to his home at Hornhill, but with several differences. For example, he is the Lord of Hornhill. Um, this reminded me of a scene in a Jamie chapter in which Jamie is asleep and has dreams of him returning to Casterly Rock. But he, too, has some differences as he is abandoned by Cersei in the tunnels beneath the rock. In both dreams, both Sam and Jamie come across two people that have. Um... Oh, sorry. I, I got lost. In both dreams, both Sam and Jamie come across two people they have recently come to care about, Jilly and Brienne. This got me wondering if these two dreams are connected in any way. Both chapters surround the Catelyn chapter in which she and King Rob are traveling to the twins for Edmure's wedding to a fray. And then Rob uh, is going to take his um, take 
back his home from the Ironborn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you think that this is just a coincidence or there is a significant theme of returning home? Danny trying to return to Westeros, uh, the Mance Raiders wildling army trying to rejoin the rest of mankind, Arya Stark uh, trying to reach her family um, in the course of the Whites traveling south. Yeah. Um, and then he's... Right. And he says, uh, I first discovered your podcast about a fortnight ago and have become instantly hooked. I await all your content with nothing but uh, anticipation. Recently, you have discussed um, the site of the last battle between the armies of the living and the dead. I believe this will take place at the Tower wow. of Joy. Yeah. Uh, and this is the place where ice and fire were brought together and could be the place where one <laughs> triumphs over the other. I'm the nice. last night of Norvos. Uh, real quick on the Tower of Joy thing. That is interesting. I haven't heard that thought. No, no. I'd love to hear people in the uh, in our Facebook group uh, possibly just toss out where you think that last battle will take place. Right. You know, let's map it out. Let's see where we get uh, we get some good thoughts. I mean, that's that's a good one for sure. So maybe we can do like a poll, kind of figure that yeah. out. Well, I'm actually in a Storm of Swords right now. Um, so I think that is actually kind of the theme of that book is mm-hmm. you have Arya um, is traveling around. I mean, Arya. Poor Arya, man. I mean, she's like, I want to go to River Run, and then maybe I should go. And then, like, the Hound grabs her, and she gets caught up with Beric and Darien, and then or she gets caught up with Beric and Darien, and then the Hound grabs her and takes her to the twins, and then, like, the Red Wedding happens, and says, I'm going to take you to the Vale, and then yep. they stop at the inn, and he gets injured, and yep. then now she's on her way to Bravo. <laughs> like, it is. Because she tries to get on a ship at, uh, what is it? Not It's not White Harbor. It's, um... Oh, yeah, I, I I heard it. Salt pans. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, she tries to get on the ship. It's the it's same thing how it happens in the show, except in the show, Brienne and the Hound fight. That doesn't happen. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah. The, the, the scene of the, the ship is, this, is the same thing that happens where Arya walks up and she's trying to give this guy some copper. Right. And, or, you know, and some passage. silver for yeah. passage. And he says, no, I'm not going to, win- not going to the wall. Um, and, mm-hmm. she, and she hands him another coin, an yeah. iron coin. Yeah. And he's like, uh, yeah, you got a cabin, like, eh, no problem, right, yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 that, yeah, that was the Valamolkulis, yeah, or, Va- or Valar Mogolis, yeah. as the audiobook calls it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, her, I mean, you just kind of described her whole, you know, arc and journey, book, right? Yeah, yeah but uh, it's wild, kind of like Arya. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's this wild trip, you know, being uh, kind of blown this way and that way, and just uh, just a lot of craziness goes on with her, you know. Yeah. Uh, so but that's that's kind of every that is kind a storm of swords is kind of like that for everyone. Mm-hmm. Is you're into that third, storm. You're into that third book, and you know the first book is just kind of setting everything up. The second one, I think, is you have is where you're starting to finally get that kind of push. Like, okay, this this side's getting some power. This side's getting some power. And this third one, I mean, everything's like out of control. I mean, the Battle of the Blackwater happens. Joffrey dies, or the Battle of Blackwater ends. A Clash of Kings, and so then you have like Tywin comes back, and he takes over as Hand of the King. And so Tyrion's right. in this new position where he's trying to like deal with Shay and the court. Yeah, he doesn't know how they're going to treat him. Doesn't know how they're going to treat him. Yep. You've got Jamie. We this is the first time we get Jamie POVs, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. his hand's been cut off and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say the Lost Night here has honestly laid it out for us. I mean, that's that there's a lot of that. The the finding oneself the journey, right? The 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 journey home uh, you know, a hero kind of sets out and then um the whole the whole time you're out kind of learning growing and things like that they're thinking of home trying to either get back home or it just kind of comes up in their in their mind um but uh yeah happens a lot actually and i'm i'm glad he uh pointed that out really yeah you know? so yeah i don't know i don't know that there's any um 
so you know he noted he mentioned the part about Jamie uh, coming across Cersei um, beneath the rock there. That's in a dream, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and uh, how does this? How does it say there? Oh, he is abandoned by Cersei in the tunnels beneath the rock. Right. So I mean, there's that. So you can look at those those dreams too, and kind of um, you know look at how possibly they are foils of one another, and right. how like you know it's two people who used to you know, be in love, and then they're kind of separating possibly in the future, and right. then, you know, Gilly and Sam kind of uh, coming together, you know, so, yeah, it's some, could be like some parallel structure and things. I'd have to go look exactly where they're at um, in relationship to that chapter he's talking that they, they kind of surround right. with, with King Rob, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely... But yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the theme, that's kind of the, the theme of, I would say, that book is, because that, and with Danny, that, Danny in Storm of Swords has, finally has, like, an army, and it's when she gets the Unsullied, you know what I mean? So now she's, like, in a position to where she's like, okay, like, I could theoretically come over. Yeah. Right, like I like I at least now have some army, like an army with me. So. You know, okay. So he his question is 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 basically is there any significance uh, in all those themes that you're seeing? You know, at the end of all of this, do does everyone end up back at home? You know, do the Targaryens end up back on the throne? You know, do uh, at the end of the, all this or this book? N- no, not 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 oh, as in, general, in, yeah. the, in the series. Yeah, in the, in the whole series. You know, do, are the Starks back up in in Winterfell? Does everybody go back to their rightful place and we start over again? Type of thing. I, I just kind of wonder, you know. Um, so, because well, I mean, I hope the Targaryens take the throne back. I do. Well, they're gonna. You know, I mean, Jon Snow. So, and they just Daenerys, can't. They, so, yeah. You know, I think the North should. You know, the King in the North should be the King of the North. You know. Yeah. What I mean? So, well, when you're the but, King of the uh, North and the King of the South, right? Yeah. There <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, okay. Time to move on. Right. Yeah. All right. This is uh, from The Ghost, and we appreciate this. Uh, We always get a weekly correspondence from The Ghost. And last week, we just got so busy uh, with so many different Ravens that, uh, you know, I meant to uh, let The Ghost know that we, what we did in in the show, just so we kind of table this one for the next episode this week here. Um, So in Essos, uh, Mira Mazdur uh, says she was trained um, in human anatomy by Maester Marwyn. Uh, Marwyn the Mage, friends. So... I just did a little digging again before we started this on on Marwyn the Mage and who is he? You know, um, I was really looking at you know how they they talk about the, when the Maesters come to the Citadel and there is like we don't always know they just kind of go by one name right they we, we lose track of the records we don't know which house they came from necessarily especially those who have been there for a long time you know like we didn't know. You know, Aemon, Aemon Targaryen ends up being like... Oh, absolutely. It's huge. That's a yeah. huge reveal, right? So, who is Marwyn? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, which... How is Does he have some sort of allegiance or something? But, yeah, anyway. So, he spent eight years in the uh, East mapping distant lands, searching for lost books, and studying with warlocks and shadowbinders. Uh, he managed to light an obsidian candle and foresaw Sam arriving in Old Town and sends the Sphinx, or um, Alaris, to fetch him. Um, Alaris is supposedly of no noble birth, half Dornish with a slow southern draw, uh, and half summer islander, uh, with teak, um, colored skin. Uh, let's see, upon hearing Sam's tales, this maester, uh, catches the cinnamon wind to go find Daenerys immediately because Aemon said the Citadel must send her a maester at once to bring her home to Westeros before it's too late. 
This time, I believe it's Maester Marwyn who is approaching Danny in the Dothraki Sea. He tells Alaris to stay and help Sam complete his work. Uh, quote, the Sphinx is the riddle, not the riddler. Uh, do you know what that means? Uh, no, it's a riddle. I wish I knew. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, okay. So, um, let's see. So, anyways, j- just, uh, well, okay, let's, let's continue on here because there's more thoughts here. Yeah. The, the Sphinx's mom is of the Summer Islands, just like Sorella Sand. The Sphinx lives in Old Town. Sorella Sand loves Old Town and is left to um, uh, be with uh, Ario uh, Hota uh, because she is outside of Dorne. They are both known to be either incredibly studious or, um, you know, curious with an interest in history, right? Uh, the Dornish accent, uh, the nut-colored skin, the smile as if he slash she knew some secret jape. Uh, this is no new theory, but the Sphinx had uh, their third chain, yeah, had their, you know, his or her, third chain forged while, a, while within a, a year which is absolutely ex- exceptional. And, and I actually have wondered about, you know, Sam being at the Citadel and Marwin kind of encourages him to get his chain forged as quickly as possible and return to the wall. Like, how long does it take to for- forge that chain? You know, the, the Sphinx seems to be doing it uh, rather rapidly, So as, as the ghost is mentioning here. Um, the Sphinx has taken no maester vows and can go um, as he or she pleases. I really believe the Sphinx has good intentions and will help Sam with the higher magic and mysteries that have been handed down by, uh, by, by Marwyn. But if the Sphinx is the riddle, I believe that the Sphinx does know about all the moves happening in Dorne and will put Sam in position to act accordingly uh, by extension, Lord Snow. Uh, if Sam can uncover this, maybe Sand Snake's riddle, he could potentially save the realm from another long, bloody Dornish war. Uh, so that's, that's different, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the idea that, uh, I think we're, you know, in the show, we, we see Sam's there and he's, uh, trying to figure out things that will help the Night's Watch. Right. You know, and this take here is that, um, basically, I, I just don't know how much, it's real cryptic. What does Maester, um, Eamon mean when he says this to Sam? Exactly. You know, like, what the heck is he talking about? Uh, here's my thing. How does he know? How does he know? Yes, I know. It's, 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 it's kind of unreal. You know, I mean, uh, Marwin actually says that, uh, that basically, I forget what, what the quote is, but um, he talks about the Citadel and how this world of magic and dragons and burning candles and things uh, is not a world that the Citadel wants to see come to be. You know what I mean? Right. It's, they don't want that happening. If that were the case, they wouldn't let Maester Eamon waste away up at the wall they would have made him you know archmaester they would have made him like a high right. maester you know and then they, and they don't they let him stay up there it's because it's because of his last name and who he is and things and they don't want him back but he kind of holds him in such high esteem which i think is amazing yeah uh marwin's you know working in some i mean he's working with shadow binders he's been uh all over he's been to ib all over these different places and so it's very it's just fascinating to hear him kind of talk about Eamon uh, in that way. But I don't know that Sam's going to, you know, get any Dornish plot or, or uncover something. He could, because yeah. it definitely seems like Dorn is gearing up for something. Right. Um, well, I, and an, an I alliance think, with Targaryen, House Targaryen. And we get this kind of Dornish civil war in the show. I mean, they, they, they cut the Dorn stuff so short because it kind of hurt their ratings. And... Um, Right, you know, where the Sand Snakes kind of take out Prince Doran Martell. So, I don't know. You know, it's we could 
we we don't know what 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 the show doesn't give us any real details about what could happen in Dorne because they just cut it out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I even in the books we're starting to get this uh, gearing up. Something you know, Duran is uh, he's he's up to something, right? He's he's um, right. He definitely wants to seek revenge for the death of Ellie, Mart- Ellie Martell and her children. You know, he's sending his son to to secure a marriage uh, agreement with um, Daenerys and things like that. And so he's got his daughter locked up. You know, and she was trying to put. Uh, um, Cersei's daughter, gosh, what's her name? I just lost Mar- Marcella, Marcella on the throne. You know, there's there's a lot going on. So perhaps you know, um, but I kind of feel like if Alyrus is Sorella Sand, which people believe that's it's a the case, pretty yeah. pretty solid, you know, uh, very likely, then she's kind of been doing her own thing in um, in the Citadel. I don't really know what. Yeah, it sounds like she's up to her own tricks. You know, Duran actually says, "Let her continue at her game." You know, let her continue playing her game right. at the Citadel, and it's almost like she's not a part of his plans. You know, um, you know, at least when he's talking to his security and trying to um, secure the the rest of the Sand Snakes. Right. And when when he, when he t- tries to when he takes them in, um, so I, I honestly don't know how how much um, Alaris or Sorella knows about. Um, What's going on in Dorne? Right, the politics or what have you. So, I think that I think it's just more that it almost seems too easy that it could be, you know, maybe it is just a you know that we think it's a male and it's, it's presented that this is Alaris and it's actually Sorella. Maybe that's all right. it is, right. you know, and maybe that's that's the riddle. But uh, people think it's too that's too simple. People think yeah. there's more to it. So uh, I don't know. Um, some interesting other things here that the ghost uh, sent our way. Um, just food for thought here. Samwell three, a feast of crows. Um, let's see. The island sat at the mouth of the Bay of Seals, massive and mountainous, a stark and forbo- uh, forbidding land peopled by sav- uh, peopled by savages. They lived in caves and grim mountain uh, fastness. Sam had read and rode uh, great shaggy unicorns to war. Skagos met stone in the old tongue. Speaking of magical creatures, there are unicorns on Skagos. <laughs> I thought that was kind of neat. Just some interesting. Yeah, Skagos is this weird thing because if you look yeah. at where it is, it's kind of just off of Westeros, just right where kind of the wall is. Yeah. So it's kind of like wildling, but not really. Yeah. But yeah. It's a weird spot for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Samuel won a feast of crows. Sam was reading about the others um, when he saw the mouse. So the mouse is the riddle. Yeah, the mouse is the row, yeah. So there, indeed, are records of the others. Uh, he informs Lord Snow of their weakness uh, to dragon la- Dragonglass, um, how they only come out at night and bring the cold. The records do not show who they are or where they come from. Right. Okay. All right. And you have uh, Brienne Five from A Feast of Crows. I want my wife and daughter back, said the Hound. Can your father give me that? If not, he said, uh, he can get buggered. That boy will rot beside you. Wolves will gnaw at your bones. Did you know that the Hound had a family? Because I sure didn't. Yeah, I have not gone and looked this up, so I don't. I this that was kind of a shocker, isn't it? Right. A little bit. Yeah. I don't know the context of this. You know, I want my wife and daughter back. Uh, is I think isn't that? Um, I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to. Go, I'm gonna have to go read specifically this chapter and and just try and remember. Yeah. Because he might have been calling someone else his wife and daughter. Um, right. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one either. So, 
Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, thanks, Ghost. We appreciate it, and uh, you know, we're gonna kind of move on here. Um, um, all right, here we go. Uh, Alexander Zoidberg. Yeah. Uh, just finished up the show this morning. This was, uh, I believe, last Friday. Okay. He sent this. Um, just finished up the show this morning. Had I thought about something you discussed. You were talking about Blood Raven towards the end of the podcast, and I thought, man, I wish we could really eventually get some of the deeper backstory of his life between the time of Dunk and Egg series uh, and when we see him in the cave. Sadly, I don't think this is happening in Fire and Blood, but perhaps Wins has a brand flashback or something. Probably wishful thinking. I know he gets sent to the Night's Watch for beheading uh, Anies. Uh, that's Black Annie's Blackfire. Mm-hmm, yep. But there are a lot of gaps in that part of the history. Aside from the little snippets in A World of Ice and Fire about his actions and Hand of the King, etc., he's an enigmatic, enigmatic and mysterious character that we would all love to get more deep content about, especially with the why and how of him ending up in the cave. Maybe we'll at least get some of that in early sorcery spymaster stuff in the neck dunk and eggs and egg books. Yeah. Well, uh, well, um, Fire and Blood, I believe, is going to end with Dance of Dragons. So like Aegon the Third is where it's going to end. Okay. Yep. So I don't think we're going to get any of that, and I think the reason is because Gur doesn't want to do Fire and Blood two. Well, he's. I mean, he's, well, he's going to eventually. Yeah, but, but I feel like he's he's well, he wants to save that until he has more Dunkin' Egg written. Me too. I think he wants more of the Dunkin' Egg stuff done, and then he'll get into. Volume two, although really, um, d- depending on how he does it, it just like he might like. There's a lot of story in between, you know, um, Makar and and Aegon the Fifth. So like th- that's where he could tell more of those tales and just leave that right. open yeah. and leave that out of Volume Two, uh, if if he wants to. But I don't think we might get more of it in Volume Two of of Fire and Blood. You know, years from now when that comes out, what are the odds, Sir Matt, that we get it? That we get something in Winds of Winter. Oh, we're definitely going to get something in Winter. Something, Winter. yeah, for sure. Yeah, so in, in terms of that, we're, we know Fire and Blood, first of all, is coming out this year. Yeah. I think we're going to get the next thing we get, Game of Thrones-wise, is going to be Winds of Winter. Right. Um, then it's kind of interesting because I don't know about the prequel show, right? Like, is the prequel show going to be canon? Kind of like how in Harry Potter you have the first Fantastic Beasts book, and then it's, well, just... Are these movies canon? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, they could be. I don't know. Yeah. So if it's, that's it's the probably case, an area that he'll never write about. So that's probably why he's, you know, right. Let, it, let that kind of. So yeah. So is it, is it canon? Is it is it going to be is it going to be canon with the at least the show? Like is it going? You know what I mean? I don't. Right. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um. Are yeah. we go? Are we are we starting to dive into like comic book territory where there's just a bunch of different stories written and. Everything's not like specifically one set canon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but uh, yeah, I now, do think eventually we will get some Blood Raven stuff. Now, what about Winds of Winter though? Do you because yeah. like, think about where we're at? Like, how For would sure. that go down though? How do we get backstory on on, on Blood Raven? Is it um, well, Blood Raven's still alive, right? He's, so you think he's just going to tell Bran? As well as what I'm asking. I think yeah, I think I think maybe we're kind of making a pick prediction. Like, you well, know? I, I, you know, I maybe um, it's kind of it's kind of like that moment where. Uh, well, I'm going to reference Harry Potter again here. When Snape is teaching Harry with like the is it the Oculus? Yeah. Where like they, the thing where they can like do the memories or whatever. The thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that that thing. Yeah. And then like Harry gets upset and he like yeah. steals Snape's memory. Yeah. Like what yeah. if we get something like that where Bran's like being pushed too hard 
and yeah. or something, or Bran wants to do more, and he's like, no, you can't handle it. In the yeah. show, we kind of get that, right? Like, the show, The Three-Eyed Raven, yeah. is kind of like, we well, can't do this. Right. Like, it doesn't it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of dies, and then Bran just kind of takes over and says, well, mm-hmm. I guess I can. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be kind of cool if in the books, maybe it was like, Blood Raven is like, no, you can't do that. You're you're not strong enough. Or he's trying to keep him away from certain types of things. Right. And Bran can do it anyway. And so Bran's like, well, I'm just going to go learn your story so then I can yeah, yell what, at you. Or that's something. what I was wondering is, is would he get curious about who he's learning from and, and possibly go, you know, seek out right. uh, information there? And he could, he could happen upon a conversation, you know, um, that's – Back in the you know, exactly. honestly, Sir Duncan the Tall could be, you know, there and and, and a part of something. Well, you know? I, mean, I mean, it could be even even if we just get how cool would that be? Right, even if we just get another paragraph or two where the the one paragraph we have right where he's like, I am Brent, I was Brendan, I did this, I did this. Even if we get another paragraph or two, you know what I mean? That's that kind of a thing that will shed so much light. I mean, it's yeah. huge. Oh, it will. It, it would be yeah. huge revelations about stuff. So, right. And I just kind of wonder, you know, if um, I kind of, I, I, I kind of wonder if it will show us anything when he's exiled. You know, I think, yeah. I think that might be something he might go look at because I think we're going to get what what his motives were, what he was doing in the Seven Kingdoms there um, as Hand of the King. You know, uh, up until he's exiled, but really. Once he's exiled, like, did he know that was going to happen? I mean, does he have, you know, green dreams and, and these different things in a sense to where, like, like did he did he not foresee that happening by, right. by killing Aenys that that he would be exiled? I don't you know. know. Like, uh, was that a part of his plan? You know, you well, know? I it mean, seems like green dreams, from what we know, are pretty loose interpretations. Yeah, they are. Um, like, we see that with Darren Targaryen where he just says, I dreamt of you and I saw a dragon dying. Yeah, and then it turns out it's Baylor Breakspear. So it yeah. it seems yeah. like they're it seems like they're not these, seems like they're they're not these like exact detailed. Right, it's vague. Uh, it's, it's left yeah. up for interpretation. Right, you know, it's kind of like Melisandre's flames. You know, it's like she's misinterpreted so many different things uh, that she's seen there. Well, even Thor- Thoris of Mir um, is talking to Arya when they're in that cave with Beric and Darian. Yeah, um, about about the flames, and they're 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 talking about just what their plans with her are going to be and stuff like that. And, um, you, you know, I mean, he's like, well, he's like the flames are, he's like, I do what the flames tell me, even though I may not be, I may not be able to interpret them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And right. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope we do get more on, on what happens after he's exiled or just maybe what if we had a conversation, you know, like brand listens in on, on him and his sister, you know, um, sure, sister. yeah, his half sister yeah. having like a conversation, you right. know, and there's some big, well, I mean, even reveal I mean, there. Yeah. I mean, even anything, I mean, even if we got him, even if we, what if we saw brand, what if we saw brand see the battle between him and Bittersteel? one of the battles between him and Bittersteel. Yeah. Like, I mean, even like that, I mean, that could open tons of, here's a question for you. Uh, uh okay, okay. Well, just real quick. Like, you know, I think we've in the show, we see, how this goes down, right? I mean, Bran eventually has to leave there, I think. Right. Oh, I yeah, think for he, has sure. to, yeah. he has to leave the cave and, and reunite everyone's, you know, as we the earlier uh, Raven had said, people moving back back home. Um, does Blood Raven uh, or the Three-Eyed Crow, whatever you want to, you know, 
the entity in the in, in in the cave die. You know, in the show, for sure. Yeah, that happens. But does that actually happen here? You know, and uh, I I don't know. Yeah, I I, I kind of almost wonder if it's like something is revealed there in which the reason well, he, he is leaves kind of is being because I think of he's the just treachery that's more going and on, more you know? being kind of absorbed like by by the tree. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that, but like, I my so like if he's remember how we were talking like if if he learns something about right. Blood Raven, perhaps that is what drives him away. Because yeah. I always have this theory that like something else is going on. We were talking about a parasite before, and how, yeah, well, actually, so real quick, my notes took yeah. notes again this week as I've been plowing through stuff, right? And something I totally forgot about was this part where Arya is having she's warging, right? Yeah. Um, it's right after the Red Wedding, and uh, as Nymeria, she pulls a woman out of the river, and she, um, and then like the Hound talks to her, and they talk about maybe maybe she's still alive, maybe she's being held hostage, and Arya says, "No, um, I had a dream. Like in a dream, I saw that my mother was dead. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, ninety percent." You know, like ninety nine percent, you can say that it's Nymeria right. Arya that pulls her out of the river, right? Right. Yeah. The people come find her, and then back to Lady Stoneheart. So, back to Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, back, yes. to, back to Lady Stoneheart. So you and I were talking about that, and we were talking about so that's kind of interesting because we believe. I think you and I have kind of just said on record that we believe that it's Blood Raven that sent those wolves south of the wall. Like, how did they get south of the wall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have to be some. It would. It would have to be someone that knew something about the Night's Watch, maybe knew a weakness or something to get these dire wolves beyond. And so then we talked, you know, we've, we've talked before about the Three-Eyed Crow and the Old Gods, but now you have this situation where um, the Three-Eyed Crow and the Great Other, right, potentially there's that combo. Right. Um, but then now you have this weird situation where you have a dire wolf that is seeming like it's helping the Lord of Light because then Catelyn is raised by, you know, Relore. And so it's just interesting that you have that kind of that even that kind of a connection going on there. I mean, that's obviously a lot of strings you gotta pull together. But well, it's well, still it's still really interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, because as yeah, it's it's sort of like you associate the Starks with like the old gods, right, and the first men and these different things, and then you've got uh, their dire wolves, which haven't been they've been south of the wall, but they just haven't been seen south of the wall in like years. Right. You yeah. know, so it's like how did they get here is the question. Um, are they sent by the old gods or are are they, as you said, you know, right. Blood Raven, does Blood Raven uh, send them? But then my question is who is Blood Raven working for? Right. You know? And you know, something else I've been thinking about, it seems like because we think the great we think of the great other um, as part of like the old gods, it seems it seems so weird that we keep making it seem like, and I mean, just in gen- not just us. I mean, like in general, it makes it seem like the great other is the ultimate villain, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be Relore versus the great other. But the Starks are, I would argue, the main characters. I mean, that is who your first few chapters are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. other other char- characters come, and now. You could argue Jon Snow is kind of the main character, certainly in the show. I mean, he's the one who lasts the longest, whatever. He's kind of like the main guy. But if the Starks are the main characters and the Starks worship the old gods, isn't it, like, weird that, you know what I mean? Like, these are the main characters that we root for, but and they have always worshipped the old gods, so you would think that the old gods should be better than the new, but that may not be the case. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and again, I, I've, I've always tried to kind of almost, in my mind, separate 
well, the you, old gods. Well, the, the relo- you know, from... I mean, yeah, but, but the great other could be an old god and still not be good. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. I know. Like, like, and that's the, so it's so ambiguous, though. Like, I know. B- because, like, the, you know, R'hllor and the R'hllor faith and, and all of that, like, their, their belief is that there is um, the great other, you know? Right. And so, like, right. in, w- w- when you talk about the old gods, like, like, the old gods and the new gods and the seven and different things, do they have a great enemy? Right. Not really, do they? I mean, like, the yeah. seven just have their own faith. You know, uh, it's not like there's like the, the seven believe in like like a Satan or like a devil or something right. like they that. Just, they have the, they have the stranger. Who's right. Dead. It's really R'hllor yeah. who has the great other is like the opposite of R'hllor. Yeah. And then, so when I hear the children worshiping the old gods, I don't associate that with the great other. The great other. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where it's I'm weird. always it's like, all, it's still it's still far too ambiguous. And, and then and, and then the fact that like. Yeah, they're they're beyond the wall, and then they're hanging out with the children who obviously worshipped the old gods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like what is going on? So yeah. that that's just it's just mind blowing. And then like so we were getting into the the irony in that Nymeria saves Lady Stoneheart, you know, Cat, uh, Catelyn, who yeah, um, then immediately becomes Lady Stoneheart right after who that. then who then becomes a devout follower of Rolor. Yeah, you know what I mean. And who she, was and she never really worshipped the old gods. She no, thought she's, they were creepy of, and weird, right? And, and she worshipped the seven. The seven, yeah. I know it's and crazy. Like so, it's all getting mixed, and it was just kind of a uh, one of those when you start to talk about the gods and the way they yeah. influence things, so, or know, do yeah. they influence? You know. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, yeah. Them. So anyway, right there with you, and that we, I hope, I do hope we get more of Blood Raven in some way because that Blood Raven is that one character that ties, you know. Obviously, a lot. He has. A, he's. He's in a lot of things, right? You have the Duncan Egg series. You have the not just this current series, but you have like Targaryen theories. You have God theories. You have the Three Eyed Crow. The mm-hmm. stuff at the Night's Watch. Like he's all over the place. A Thousand Eyes and One. Yep. Black. I mean, he could still know. He could still know. Maybe like spin off, offshoot Blackfires. I mean, so many things. So one right. thing I wanted to say real quick is, um, and this isn't something we've seen, but um, you, in Star Wars, yep. Episode Seven, yep. So uh, for those of you guys who haven't seen it, it is you know it's the, it's in the new movies. I know some people don't like those, yeah. But I'm wondering about something. So Gerd did just confirm that Blood Raven did take Dark Sister. Now Dark Sister could be Longclaw, could just be hanging out. Some right. people think it's in the cave. But what if Bran grabs? Um, like let's say he grabs Dark Sister or something. Yeah. So in the Weirwood Network, I mean, imagine you you could just kind of go in and see whatever you want, yeah. right? So I'm wondering maybe if he's like holding something, could he get like the history of that particular item? Oh wow. So I'm kind of thinking like in Star Wars Episode Seven where Ray picks up the lightsaber, she yeah. has that you know like Force vision, right? Like a similar type thing. Um, That's a then, good thought. And maybe so then maybe we get some Dark Sister history, right? And then that would potentially show us where Blackfire is and you know I don't know right that would be kind of neat actually um if you can touch an object like that and because I mean you can obviously just go in and kind of find whatever you want you just have to look for it but that maybe that makes it easier yeah and maybe or maybe he does that with the dagger right like and then we get some history about that Valyrian steel dagger mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. something or maybe he you know what I mean maybe he like sees the dagger if he has a similar vision like he, we have in the show where he goes back and he sees the kind of like Night King being created. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. These you are know, all just these are all just total rabbit hole thoughts that I just have throughout the week. You, and, yeah, no, it's great. It's great. You know what I just started thinking? I, I was thinking about this Weirwood Network in the trees. 
and how you know you can see things through them. Yeah. Right. The other thing that you can see things through is uh, real the, quick the flames. Yeah. yeah. Not this room because it is uh, pitch black in here, guys. We just wanted to <laughs> let you know real quick. I just I just know I just noticed this is uh we forgot to turn the light on in this room. What did you see? Are you, did you no, see something? No, it's just uh, it's just. Is there a ghost in here? We might be. We forgot to turn the light on in this room. And, yeah. You know, it's, so we have the window, and it's just it's the, it, this room's getting dark it's and getting full of terrors. But we ain't turn the light on because we won't take it. We don't edit oh, it. Oh no, we don't. Except that one time. So except for that one time, which Anyways, you guys, we're talking about. Fine. We're talking about the old guys, man. I'm just scared. I don't like the dark. I it's, know, man. It's full of terrors. All I can I can barely okay. see you over there. You're like you know. <laughs> luckily, I got luckily and, I got the the bright light of my yeah. my Mac here. Yeah, it's funny. So we talk so long sometimes that sun sets and it just got know, you know, dark great. and full of terrors. And I yeah. keep hearing something to my left. Yeah, and I know we're here by ourselves. So I'm like, what? <laughs> Who is sneaking up my stairs? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, there no. is that there is that old haunted mansion that burnt down right. a couple years ago. Yeah, insane yeah. aside, legit, legit, legit. <laughs> I live right next to one, and I've heard things my whole life here. Yeah, it's not the ghost so of Aaron I, Hall; it's the ghost of the old uh, Knox County poorhouse. That's there. right. Yeah, <laughs> it's really yeah. Look go, it up. Don't look you up. Look up don't look up the Knox County poorhouse in Ohio, and you yeah, they'll have yeah. some. Fun now with they know that. exactly where you. Live. Yeah, they're like oh, sir, it's right down the road there. Yeah, so. Yeah, so. Uh, but no, uh, seeing things. So yeah. think about that for a second. You've got this white weirwood, right? And I can touch it and I can see into it. And then I've got these red, you know, white ice, right? right. Red fire flame, right? And you can see into those two things. I'm starting more and more to think that even though I just said I want to separate the old gods from the great other, I'm starting to think what are the two things that you can really look into and see um, either – like, and here's, here's the difference, right? With the flames, do you not see the future? Right. But then with the weirwoods, you see the past? Yeah. You know, so like it almost does feel like that Weirwood Network is somehow a, a very cold and like a dead right. tree and associated with the great other. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Mm -hmm. So and they worshipped and the children worshipped those. Right. You know, uh, trees. So yeah. I'm just I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm more and more baffled as, as as I think about it. So, you know, Lord Adam Parker sent us an email at one point, uh, a, a, a raven that was supposed to end this uh, conversation, but I don't think it'll ever nah, be never, never ended. Never, never, I, so. It's it's but uh, there's All right, well, good thoughts out yeah, there from let's, everyone. Let's move on to our last uh, raven here from uh, Lady Jade. Um, good morrow, sirs. I can't stop thinking about Ashara Dane and that she is potentially Jon Snow's mother. I do not, however, believe that Ed's. Eddard Stark is his father. I think Eddard is too much of a goody-goody to be sleeping with beautiful women and keep his duty and honor intact. I don't think it would have been Brandon Stark either as he was betrothed to Cat. I do think it's possible could be Benjen Stark. Benjen and Ashar were both born in mid-260 AC. It has always bothered me why Benjen took the black. Could it be because he was grieving for the death of Ashara and their baby? Wow, man. First of all, uh, you know, it really good to hear, um, you know, from Lady uh, Jade. Yeah. So haven't heard her from her in a, her bit. a bit. Yeah. So good to hear from you, Lady Jade. Uh, but this is I've I've not heard. I haven't really thought about you kind of forget about Benjamin, you know, it's true. And uh, I hadn't really thought about him. But uh, I was about to, I'm about to look him up here real quick. Was he where was he in relationship to her? You know, like like their interactions. Um, I I'm. I thought didn't I thought he stayed at Winterfell during yeah, when the tournament was going too, on. But, but you know what? Their dad might was still alive then. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. he probably stayed there. And all oh. the kids went to the tourney. 
Yeah, that could, did I you go? Did, I, did I'm Benge- looking here did real ben- quick. Did Benjamin start go? Well, regardless, um, so neat thought though. I mean, I mean the it, idea it, it is possible, and we don't and we don't know why Benjamin took the the black. I mean, the most obvious answer is, um, Rickard Stark had three kids. He did it. He did attend the tourney. Yep. Yeah, he did. Benjamin did at at Heron Hall. Okay, yep. so so I mean, he has four kids, right? You know, one girl, three three sons. So you have Brandon, who's betrothed to Catelyn Tully, which is River Run. Like a, that's a huge marriage. That's a big marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you're talking River Run, which is the seat of, you know, the the Riverlands and the Starks of Winterfell. So that's a huge marriage. Um, like, you know, at at the time. And so then you've got Ned, who he's probably like, you know, you're second in line, so. You could marry, I guess, maybe whoever you want. Obviously, most of us think Ashara Dane is is who he was kind of going to go with. And so then Benjen, you know, the Starks are, are, are known to, well, let's man the wall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is the most logical, I guess, kind of thing you would, you know, you would look at. But then when Brandon dies, it is interesting that Benjen still goes to the wall. Yeah, and, it, and he goes when he actually goes after the war and everything. When because he stay, he is the Stark who he is. then stays in Winterfell. At, at Winterfell, and then when his brother comes home, uh, then he, he he takes off. Now I just I was reading here on the wiki. I just went to do a quick little search because I couldn't remember. Um, but you know he's he's teasing Lyanna at at the tourney mm-hmm. and because she's crying over Rhaegar's right. song and he uh, she pours wine over his head and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and then at one point the Night's Watch uh, gets up and they they give a plea, a speak, like a, I'm sorry, a, a speech, like they spoke mm-hmm. at the tourney, and they were trying to get recruits. And all it says here on the wiki, and I wish I had uh, uh, more to this. It says Benjen took that plea to heart. Right. So at that point he's, um, and that's basically let's see, it's a, it's in a world of ice and fire. Uh, where that's said, so uh, we'll we'll get there eventually. But you know, he took that plea to heart and probably thought about it. You maybe know. that's maybe that's maybe that's why Ashara Dane jumps into the ocean if she's not. Uh, maybe she if maybe, she's not associated to like you know right it, yeah. You so toss out the whole she's still alive and is uh, what's her name that Septa that Tyrion wants to yeah, hook up with right. Um, and yeah. the, and the, obviously the the. The her and Ned like that toss out all that, yeah. um. So maybe she maybe she jumps in not because maybe she's so distraught that he left dis- and distraught, went to the- distraught that that uh, Arthur Dane is dead. But yeah, that, yeah. that Benjen her like her one true love is is also gone. Is, is also like gone you lose everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 would be that would be interesting. I'm more you know I think you and I we've said before we think she fakes her death. Um, yeah, but. You know, uh, yeah, Benjamin just seems struck by that desire to that calling. Right. It seems like from from this from with their their plea there. So, um, be interested to see who. Right. Man, what year does Bloodraven disappear again? Was it two fifty six or something? I wonder what year. Yeah. What year is? Oh, Heron Hall's two eighty one. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to remember when he disappeared. Like, who would be Lord Commander? It would probably be. Um, Mormont at that time, yeah. maybe possibly, maybe uh, maybe somebody else might be there. somebody just before him because remember yeah. his son is still. That's when. Which uh, yeah, dude, hold on a second. That's really interesting. I have to get that timeline. Wow, let me just let me let me let me think let me think about that. let me think about this, right, guys? Because now I just got a a, a crazy thing. What are you thinking? Here. I mean, so let's go down this rabbit hole. Okay. That that Benjen is. Benjen is John's dad. So Ned is at the Tower of Joy. 
Liana's dad. Yep. The whole thing, right? Okay. Um, so she's saying that Benjen is. So he. So I don't know what else happens at the Tower of Joy. Maybe he. Maybe he's not a baby. Maybe Liana is just dead in a in a pool of blood. Yep. Um, or maybe it's young Aegon and they send him over. I don't know. But anyway, okay. so Ned leaves, goes to Starfall, and he takes he takes Dawn with him, takes the sword. Yeah. And then we know he comes back to Winterfell with a baby. So let's say it's a Shardanes and Benjins. And then maybe maybe he that's why Benjin goes is like, well, I'm I'm definitely going to the wall now. Yeah. Or maybe or maybe she, maybe he knew beforehand because that would be why she. She did it. Or maybe it makes more sense that she tosses herself into the ocean because her brother's dead. Um, and so then Benjen still ends up going to the wall, maybe more so because of that. I was just thinking about is Dawn Lightbringer. <laughs> okay. Or is Dawn Longclaw? Oh, Longclaw. Yeah. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Hmm. And then that would make, and then that would make John Sword of the Morning. And he is also in the Night's Watch. And what do they say? Is like I am the sword uh, that that uh, guards the realms of men. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm the shield that guards the realm of men. But I am the sword in the darkness. Sword in the darkness. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be. That would be. Except for when he's. Um, yeah. No. Never mind. When he was fighting Rattle, I was trying to think when he was fighting Rattle Shirt, which they talk about. Remember we, the whole. Yeah. Uh, right, 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 trying yeah, to remember yeah, what yeah. type of sword it was. But anyways, right, yeah. yeah. I get you though. I get you. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I was just trying to look up the uh, the list of Lord Commanders here. Uh, it looks like I I, I can't. Oh, the Night's uh, Watch. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to find it. They, they don't have a whole lot of information on before Jor Mormont joined. Uh, it looks like it was like uh, 288. You know, um, by the time he, what's it say here? Just for reference. Oh no, I got. I did have the list up here. Oh, John becomes the oh uh, so yeah two eighty eight is when he is elected uh, Lord Commander. So I just kind of wonder. I wondered who it w- who it was before, um, you know, when uh, right. when, when Benjen, uh went there. So oh wow, there is actually someone. His first name is never given. Lord Commander, who I can't even pronounce that. Corgolith, I think, uh, is the one after Brendan. Uh, Rivers. Rivers, it seems like. After Blood Raven? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, uh, all right, guys. That's, uh, I think that's kind of the show. Yeah. Some the- good Ravens, some good uh, food for thought uh, going forward. So. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, trivia. Interesting that the ghost uh, kind of set us up for this, and I didn't know it. I yeah. just kind of picked it, and because the, the way we do this doc is uh, I pull the ones from like Facebook and Instagram, and it. Mr. Ezra pulls the ones from uh, Google, so he usually sees ghost because he sends it via gmail so um anyway who is the captain of the cinnamon wind <laughs> totally it totally shocked me when he said it. i was gonna stop you and say yeah oh, yeah trivia, do it right in the middle of someone's question right right yeah. yeah so yeah so who is the captain of the cinnamon wind is the trivia for this week yeah and uh all right in closing i want to thank you guys uh for listening as always and in the words of house woad touch me not <laughs>